Good morning, church, and welcome to another episode of New Song Saturday. This week, we're taking a look at a song that isn't new at all. In fact, it's a hymn. Well, it's a new hymn. <laughs> Relatively speaking, of course. Confusing? Trust me, I know this is my world. It is confusing. Um, this, is, this is a hymn called In Christ Alone. Now I know what you're thinking, Jesse. This song was made after the 1800s, and so there's no way this is a hymn. Well, it's actually not true. Hymns are not just based upon how old they are. They're based upon whether or not they are didactic in nature, meaning whether or not they're intended to educate the people who are singing it. Now, but do songs really educate the people who are singing it? Well, Zachary Hicks in, in his book, the Worship Pastor, which is a profound read, by the way, says that to pick a worship song is to put prayers on the lips of the people. Now, this is a statement twofold in nature. The first seems natural. When we sing these songs, it's important to recognize that, yes, they're actually prayers. In fact, St. Augustine said that to sing a worship song is to pray twice to pray twice, meaning that when we engage in our worship service in the, and in the literal act of praise, that being singing or raising our hands or clapping or kneeling, whatever it is, you're able to pour more of yourself out before the feet of the Lord. It is far easier to engage your mind and heart in adoration of our Lord when the rest of your physical body is doing so. Yes, our body can lead our hearts, minds, and souls in the worship when they would otherwise have nothing to do with worship. And that's the point. Our songs, when sang with gusto and fervor, can deepen our personal prayers. And that's the first part of this statement. And the, and the second is this. Oftentimes, I would dare to say almost every time, the songs that you sing about God inform your deepest, core, intimate beliefs about God just our theology in general. Jesus hangs on the cross after days of torment and agony. Crowds start to gather to witness his death, and in his dying breaths he cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's heartbreaking to hear Jesus speak like this, but there's way more at play here. The Jews in attendance of Jesus' death would hear Jesus' words here, and in their minds, memories would begin to flash. And they would, they would remember all the times in the temple they sang Psalm 22, the exact psalm Jesus is quoting here. Now here it is. I was going to split it up, but I couldn't bring myself to do it. It's way too beautiful. I want you, though, as you listen, think of this song as if you've been singing it your whole life in church, that you know its words by heart, that your family knows its words by heart, and imagine the effect this would have on you. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me so far from my cries of anguish. My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. 
by night, but I find no rest. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. And you, our ancestors, put their trust, they trusted in you, delivered him. To you, they cried out and were saved. And in you, they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man. Scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their head. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth, I was cast on you. From my mother's womb, you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me, strong bulls of Bashan encircle me, roaring lions that tear their prey, open their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is turned to wax. It is melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a pot shirt, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircle me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. The people stare at me and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life, from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouths of lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. From, from you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my values. vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before him, for dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him, those who cannot keep themselves alive. The posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it, he has done it, he has done it. As you hear that, I hope you see what Jesus is trying to do. I hope you can feel its effects on your heart. I hope you can even see how Jesus here is using their deepest, most intimate theology to teach them something. That's exactly what these hymns and these songs are about. That's exactly why we're doing a hymn like In Christ Alone, because we want it to teach your heart something new about Jesus. Amen.
Precious blood of Christ. 